your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. For the dominoes to fall correctly here, do you think the, the Tarasenko move will coincide with everything else? I think that Doug has to take care of that first and then everything else following that. Because the $7.5 million or whatever you can get off of your salary cap helps you recognize what your offer can be for a Landis Cog or an offer sheet or yeah. what you can maybe offer a Matthew Kachuk after you trade for him, something like that. That was former Blue Superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers on the fast lane yesterday, and we are thrilled, absolutely thrilled, on a day in which he has got to be the busiest man on earth. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, ladies and gentlemen, is in studio with us for the next hour to take all of your Blues questions. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you guys have some questions, we'll get to those coming up at 1145. Tanner Hendrickson is here. JR, let's start with what we just heard from Jamie Rivers. And also, thank you so very much for hopping in with us today. Good to be here. Do you agree that everything kind of starts with Tarasenko? That's the first domino in all of these moves that are going to take place for the Blues this offseason. I I do, and I don't know that that means that Tarasenko is the first transaction that's going to happen, but everything that's being thought about is with Tarasenko in mind. So, you know, you could make a trade today with Vince Dunn that doesn't involve Tarasenko, but it's with the mindset of what are we going to do with Vladdy. So as I was saying there in the crossover, BK, just a ton of things that could happen here that will break down for the next hour. Uh, But uh, do you protect Vladdy Tarasenko? If you do, is that a sign that you perhaps have a trade that's going to take place after the draft? Maybe there's a team, one of Vladdy's teams that says, we need to get through the draft. We have our protected list put together already. We can't add Vladdy to that list. Let's try to make this deal afterwards. Then maybe Doug protects him. If not, maybe Doug's in a situation where he says to Seattle, we'll sweeten the pot, take Vladdy off the books. Here's the deal. Let's get it done. And that could happen this weekend. So just so many different directions this could go. So let's start start kind of wide, and then we'll get more specific with Vladdy. Where are we at right now with him? It seems like it is, based on your reporting over at The Athletic, people should read all of it. It's been unbelievable. You won't find better information anywhere on the Vladimir Tarasenko situation, the Blues in general, frankly, than you will over on The Athletic. Subscribe over there. Support good work. With Vladdy, it feels like we are officially to the point of no return at the very minimum. Like he, he He's not going to be back with the Blues next year. He's going to be traded at some point this offseason. Where are we at in this process, do you think? Do you think we are closer to the beginning stages of Vladdy getting traded, or do you think we are nearing an end point at some point? Well, first of all, let's... Uh... 
let's hit the reset button and say where we are. We all know that Vladimir Tarasenko has requested a trade. That happened, I believe, before he went over to the World Championships in Latvia. It became public recently. And now it's a situation where, you know, sources that I spoke to, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko was uh, upset, disappointed, whatever word you want to use with the first two surgeries. Uh, we also mentioned the uh, the loyalty factor with Naaman Ryan O'Reilly, the captain, instead of Vladimir Tarasenko. He felt like there was a little loyalty. Uh, and the biggest thing is the trust. So, we got to a point where Vladimir Tarasenko felt like he needed to be traded. He wanted out. We know that that much. Now I think it's to the point where, uh, yes, we can say with 100% certainty that he won't be back. I think from Vladdy's perspective, he doesn't want to come back because of the factors we just mentioned. And I think from the Blues perspective, you know, the questioning of the medical staff, so on and so forth, uh, they're going to move Vladdy Tarasenko before the season starts. So where are we at in terms are we at the beginning? Are we at the end? You know, I don't think we're at the beginning anymore because of what we just described. But I think we could see something happen Today, tomorrow, before the trade freeze at 2 p.m., we could see something. You're going to have a freeze through the expansion draft. We could see something happen next week. Uh, I think we'll see something sooner than later. And when I say sooner, I include both the front end and the back end of the expansion draft. I'm not saying something will happen today. I just think we'll see something happen in that stretch before we'll wait till August and we're still waiting for a Tarasenko trade. So how does Seattle play into all of this? I guess is the next question, right? Because you mentioned it. Do you consider sweetening the pot? This is something that Doug Armstrong seemed very against when he was dealing with the Vegas expansion draft. He did not want to incentivize them to take somebody or to incentivize them not to take somebody. Is that changing this time around in your opinion? Do you get the sense that he would like them to take Vladimir Tarasenko. And just to kind of give the caveat here, one thing that that does is it eliminates the full salary slot from the Blues cap sheet. They then would get that full $7.5 million to work with this year. If that's the priority, if the priority is exclusively getting rid of that money from the salary sheet, it could make some sense. Do you get the sense, though, that he is interested in doing that this time around. Yeah, you set the table well, BK, because people might remember from 2017 when you had the Vegas draft. You know, I was uh, interviewing Doug Armstrong prior to that draft, and he said, I'm not giving up assets to make a deal with the Vegas Golden Knights to take somebody. And they lost David Perron as a result. He might have had some conversations with Vegas to not take Perron, but he didn't want to give up an asset. And so, you know, a lot of general managers have learned how it worked over the past couple of years and, and, and have made some changes. I personally feel that Doug Armstrong still doesn't want to make that type of deal, doesn't want to give up assets. You look at the Blues, you know, cupboard, and, and there just isn't a lot to give up. So if you're giving up a first-round pick for Seattle to take Vladdy off your hands, you might be better off trying to trade him for something different after the draft or, or even before the draft. The other thing that we have to keep in mind is BK Seattle isn't on Vladdy's list of teams. So after the expansion draft, Doug Armstrong loses that ability to move him to Seattle. So let's say nothing happens between now and the draft. Seattle takes someone else. Well, now that list is what Vladdy gave him, whether it's 10 teams or now whatever. Now Vladdy has more leverage. Has more leverage, has to deal with those teams. Now, it could get to a point where if this drags on and Vladdy knows his only way of leaving is to approve a trade somewhere else, then he'll eventually have to add teams to that list if, if that's what it comes to. But that's why it's so important leading into this 2 p.m. trade freeze tomorrow. So what do you think the priority is? When, when you talk with people, sources that you've had discussions with, 
Do you get the sense that the priority is to eliminate that salary slot? Because that's seven and a half million dollars. The Blues could get a lot done with that money, whether it be going into free agency, making a trade for somebody else, using that for multiple pieces to add to the depth of the roster, whatever it is that they determine that they wanted you would do with it. You can make a lot happen there. Is that the priority or do you think they're prioritizing the return, whether it be in draft pick assets or in a player or players? uh, What do you think the priority is for the Blues? And that's where all this gets really complex, because as I've written, the Blues are in a situation where they believe the cup window is open now. The championship window is open now. So can you trade Vladdy Tarasenko for draft picks and free up the seven point five million and then go help yourself by using that money on other players? You can, theoretically, but where's the guarantee that you can go get those players? You can free up the money and say, we're going to go get Landeskog, and then Landeskog re-signs you know, in Colorado. Or asks for a no-move clause and $9 million per year, and now yeah. it's like, well, maybe we don't want Gabriel Landeskog at that. Yeah, and, and so now you have this nice prospect or this nice draft pick that you got from Tarasenko, but who's going to help you? Uh, win this year so I think that's kind of what the situation is but you know as I look at it and I'm not in these conversations uh, with Armstrong and, and the other general managers is you know is there a player out there that a team is going to trade you that's of semi-equal value to Vladdy Tarasenko I'm not sure that player is out there and can he help you come in and win I don't know that that's possible so perhaps the best route and this is what we we've been talking about is to free up that cap space as much as you can the one thing is our team's going to make a trade with you and take on that entire 7.5 I think that's been the biggest question the last 10 days or so is how much salary could or would the Blues retain and over the years Doug Armstrong he's never had a buyout as far as I can remember, you know, they're not necessarily paying 40, 50% retained yeah. salary on a lot of guys that they've had on their roster over the past couple of years. The Blues don't want to be paying guys not to play for them. That happens around the league. It doesn't happen in St. Louis, but I think this situation is so unique, they might have to. It's interesting because if if you go into the offseason and your plan is to get all of that $7.5 million off of the cap sheets and then you come to the realization, I'm guessing they know this by now. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing they probably have a pretty good indicator one way or the other. If you eventually have to pay 50% of it, and now instead of removing $7.5 million from the books, you're removing $3.5 million from the books. Well, that completely alters what your plans are going to be for the offseason, right? It does, but if you're taking three or four million bucks off the books and you don't bring back Jaden Schwartz, which you know adds to the further complexity yeah. of this, you know if he was going to cost you five, now you've got that extra three from Tarasenko. Now you've got eight. Does that get you Landeskog? Does that get you Kachuk? Does that get you somebody that we're not thinking about? Um, those are all the balls that are in the air. It's a lot. And I'm, I do not envy being in Doug Armstrong's spot right now. He's got a million different things that I would imagine are going through his head today. And he's got a bunch of different general managers that he's trying to deal with who are all playing poker and they're all trying to get a little leverage on army army's trying to gain some leverage in a situation where he lost a little bit of it when this became public. It's 11-12, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're going to talk a lot more about everything that's going on with the Blues right now, where their priorities lie, what Vince Dunn's status is right now with the Blues. We'll get into that coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Coming up next, though, I think there's two names that we've heard the most of this offseason, both of which are blue chip players, Gabriel Landeskog and Matthew Kachuk. 
Are they putting all of their eggs in those two baskets for the top line left wing spot? We'll talk about that with JR coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. You know, it's hard to visualize the Colorado Avalanche going into next season without their captain, Gabriel Landeskog. But I'm also told that the two sides are not even close in their negotiations to extend Landeskog with the Avalanche. Now, the position of the Colorado Avalanche is going to have to change significantly, according to sources. Or, absolutely, Gabe Landeskog will go to market. Early in the process, there's no doubt about that. But the position on both sides doesn't look very strong right now. That was Darren Drager the other day on TSN talking about the possibility that Gabriel Landeskog hits free agency. I'll be honest, JR, and with Jeremy Rutherford and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. If you had told me a month and a half ago that we would be here where Gabriel Landeskog appears to legitimately be preparing to hit the open market, I would have been like, that's crazy. There's no way. How does that happen? This is a guy that's the captain of a legit Stanley Cup contender. He is a part of what is probably the best line in the NHL. The Avs are going to find a way to get this done. Now, maybe they still do, but it's feeling more and more realistic that he's an actual candidate to be out on the market and somebody that the Blues could realistically go out and acquire. Does it feel that way to you now? Yeah, and before we get into it, I think we need to uh, throw out there the pandemic. I think the flat cap changed a lot. Look at Alex Petrangelo's situation, who a year ago, year and a half ago, would have thought that Alex Petrangelo would be moving on. And I know that was a decision made by both sides, but still money was a factor when the cap doesn't go up. Remember pre-pandemic, the week before, in fact, BK, the league came out and said that the cap uh, could go up to 84, 88 million, and it didn't. So I think teams are feeling squeezed. I think they're, they're making tougher decisions in the case with Landeskog look he's he's the captain he's you know the leader of that team along with McKinnon and then also in the last couple years they've seen the rise of Cal McCarr and they know that they're going to have to to pay him so I think that's what's probably changed their outlook on Landeskog the other thing we have to keep in mind is this is all posturing on both sides look the deadline isn't until tomorrow in terms of uh the trade freeze and the protected lists being due, and then you know things can resume next week. Uh, but with Landeskog, you're hearing that the team uh, wants to pay him five to six million dollars on an eight-year max deal, where the player, if he could go to free agency, I think uh, Andy Strickland reported that uh, he could want as much as eight or nine million dollars. And you know, of course, the agent, the their camp, they're going to say that because uh, it, it's possible to get that somewhere. Uh, but in this cap era, like we just talked about, eighty-one-five, that's going to be tough for him to get that. It's going to be a a ton of money because there's, I mean, earlier today I was reading from your colleague Pierre Lebrun. He said as many as 12 teams could be interested or, or could be interested and have the type of team that Gabriel Landeskog would be interested in going to. That's going to be a lot of teams vying for his services, and the Blues will certainly be one. Joe, this is what I wanted to ask you is because we've talked so much this offseason from basically the moment when the Blues were eliminated to where we are today about Landeskog and Matthew Kachuk. Because it's very clear, if you're looking for, it's kind of like the the Cardinals last offseason. We were looking for the spot where they could realistically upgrade their lineup. And I was like, well, third base. Third base is the spot. That's where they could go. And oh, by the way, there's this one guy that seems to be available in Nolan Arenado. Of course, that's the deal. That's the one, whether it's now or next year, that you have to go make. And eventually it was made. For the Blues, it's kind of that puzzling and piecing things together the, the same way where, 
okay, you need a top-line left winger. The best guys that could be available are Gabriel Landeskog and Matthew Kachuk. So we've talked about them all offseason. Do you get the sense that the Blues are honing in on those two in particular, and those are their top two options clearly, and they're going to exhaust those two options before they move on to other ideas? In my mind, they are. I'm sure they have other players on their board because it's going to be difficult. Let's uh, let's look at history for one second. And Doug Armstrong has been successful building this roster and building it into a, a championship roster for one reason in particular. The guys he's gone after in the past are guys that – there weren't a ton of teams in on them, so he didn't have to pay a steep price. Let's name one, Jay Bolmeister. The Blues were long rumored to go after Jay Bolmeister. They brought him in. They didn't have to compete with a bunch of teams to try to get his services. Let's look at another one, Braden Shen. There weren't teams beating down Philadelphia's door to go get Braden Shen, but he had his pro scouts watching him, and they liked Shen for a long time. They were able to make that deal. Ryan O'Reilly, let's go back to that deal. How many people were in on Ryan O'Reilly trying to pry him out of Buffalo? Not many. That's why the Buffalo Sabres had to circle back and come back to the Blues and say, let's make a deal. So that's what makes this situation with Landeskog and Kachuk a little bit different because right now we know that half the league would be in on Landeskog, if possible, and then also Kachuk. He isn't necessarily on the market. He could be on the market, but there's been a lot of rumors here in St. Louis because of him being from St. Louis. And I think it's a situation where if it's known that he were available, the Blues are going to have a lot of competition. So that's where it gets tough because we ask the question, should the Blues be putting all their eggs in the baskets of Landeskog and Kachuk? You can. You have to express interest. You have to get involved. Maybe Landeskog tells himself, I really want to play with Ryan O'Reilly and I'll take $2 million less to go to St. Louis. You know, maybe Calgary says, we like the Blues trade package. We're going to make that deal. So you have to get involved. You can't do both, right? No. Just, just to kind of put the, put this out there. Like, I, the idea sounds amazing, but then you look at the real realistic possibilities. Like, Landeskog's going to cost you, let's say, $8 million per season. You're going to eventually have to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly. You've got to re-sign Pareko here in the not-too-distant future. Kachuk's going to need another contract after next year, and it's going to be eight-plus million dollars per year. You can't get both of these guys, right? Listen, if you did, they'd start sculpting that Armstrong (laughs) statue outside the Enterprise Center. I don't think so, and it's funny you say that because I got a chuckle out of that last night when I saw it on Twitter. Why can't the Blues just go get uh, both of these guys? And, you know, that'd be like getting Goldschmidt and Arenado, huh? (laughs) Yeah, they've done that too. Uh, It'd be like getting Trevor Story and Arenado, really. Um, Okay, so if you can't get both... Who do you prioritize if you're in Doug Armstrong's shoes? Like, not asking you which one do you think they will do, because I don't know if we know that or not. Maybe you do. Who do you think they would prioritize? What, which which option do you exhaust first? Well, first, I think that they'd take either one of them. I think if they had an opportunity to get either one of them, uh, they'd, they'd go after it in a heartbeat. Uh, I think Landeskog brings you the skill, the leadership, and a little bit of physicality. And then uh, Kachuk, we know what, what he brings. He's got a, a ton of skill as well as uh, dropping the gloves and sticking up for his team and heart and soul. He just brings that identity, I think, that the Blues are lacking. Um, you know, So it's, it's a little bit of a coin flip. The one thing, as you look at the situation, is one is a potential free agent. The other is a, a, a trade chip in terms of if Calgary wants to move him. You have more in control, Doug Armstrong does, to make a trade than you do going after a free agent. You can feel like you're in the hunt with Landeskog. You can be talking to his agent, said, yeah, he really likes you. And and so you clear the Tarasenko contract and you, you make some other moves and you pencil Landeskog. You know, Doug Armstrong's got a, a, a racer board in his office and he's got Landeskog written in that left wing spot. And then all of a sudden, 
Somebody tweets out, Landeskog signs with uh, the New York Rangers, and, and that idea is done. With the Kachuk situation, you have the ability to, to be a little bit more in control, offer more of a package if you want. And, and BK, I think that there's been a lot of speculation about Kachuk coming to St. Louis. Is it going to happen this summer? We don't know. Everybody who's analyzed the situation feels that next summer probably makes more sense for everybody. But what if Calgary decides? What if Calgary decides, you know what, if we hold on to him for another year and we know he's not coming back long term, we've got to do something now because next summer teams are going to know we have to move him. We're not going to get as much for him. So as I've reported, Calgary is not on Tarasenko's list. Would he go there? He eventually might if the Blues can't find a deal and he does want to get moved. But if he doesn't and he won't go to Calgary, is there the possibility of a three-team trade? And I do think that that possibility exists. It would be the framework of something like Kachuk coming to St. Louis. Perhaps Tarasenko goes to Washington. And perhaps Yevgeny Kuznetsov goes to Calgary. I think Calgary really wants offense. They really want an identity. He's a center uh, from the Washington Capitals. A lot of offensive upside. I think the other piece in that deal could be Vince Dunn going to Calgary to make you know that hole in terms of Calgary's side of the deal. Uh, but you know this is just spitballing. But I just want to throw out there: I think that possibility exists, and it's all going to depend on does Calgary want to move him this summer or wait, depending on whether they think he's going to stay. So let's start with the Dunn part of this. I feel like there's a million different follow-up questions that I could ask you off this. If Dunn is potentially a key component to this deal. Does it need to get done in the next 24 hours? Because Vince Dunn is also a possibility of being drafted in the expansion draft next week, and they need to have that protection list in by tomorrow. And then there's the trade freeze. So if something like that were going to happen with Calgary in this three-way deal, do you think this needs to get done in the next 24 hours? To me, it seems impossible that it could get done in the next 24 hours. I, I don't see how. Perhaps it could. But that's where you get into a sticky situation of are you giving up an asset to sweeten the pot and talk Seattle into not taking Vince Dunn or Tarasenko for that matter yeah. in the in the draft because you want to hang on to Tarasenko and Dunn for a post-draft trade. You know, then once you start giving up extra assets to protect those players, maybe that deal then becomes less attractive, whatever the deal is post-draft because you, you don't want to give let's just make this up and say uh ron francis in seattle will give you a second round pick not to take vince dunn and then you end up trading vince dunn for a second round pick it, it doesn't make any sense so to me the only way that doug armstrong is is going to do something like that is if he knows that he's got a deal on the table post-draft that he can make that involves tarasenko and vince dunn maybe something like i just speculated on and, and turn that around, and, and, and that then becomes, well, who do the Blues lose in the expansion draft? What do they potentially uh, use to protect these guys from not getting picked up? So we are less than two weeks away from the start of free agency, and I would imagine Gabriel Landeskog is going to be right at the top of most teams' list, and he's probably going to be one of the first guys that comes off the board. I would think, maybe after the first few days or so at a very minimum. Do you think that if the Blues, do the Blues basically need to know on Kachuk by then? I guess would be my question, because if they were to sign Landeskog, I would imagine that takes them out of the Kachuk running, right? Because as we mentioned before, you can't have both, or you probably can't have both. So if you sign Landeskog, does that mean the Blues are done with the Kachuk sweepstakes? 
Well, I think it depends on what happens with the rest of the roster. Have they moved Tarasenko yet? Have they re-signed Schwartz? Those types of things. Yes. I mean, I believe whatever situation develops first is going to be the, the guy one. that they take on. You know, I'm still having trouble believing that Landis Skug's leaving Colorado. So, I'm, you know, once we get to that point of it, you know, then that changes things. Uh, but the other thing is, look, if uh, if if Landis Skog decides to go to the market and he leaves Colorado, you know, that opens things up. The Blues are in contract negotiations with Jaden Schwartz. I believe Schwartz would be a good fit in Colorado and probably sees that himself. Uh, I know another team that could be interested in Schwartz is uh, Toronto. Uh, but let's talk about uh, Colorado. He could go there and give them another good defensive forward. He's not going to cost them as much as Landis Gog. And Ray Bennett is a assistant coach there in Colorado, knows all about Jane Schwartz, knows how reliable he is. So there's a bunch of moving parts there. But to answer your question, I think Doug Armstrong operates, I've seen him do this a ton, is whatever's first there, whatever opportunity that he uh, is trying to go after, develops, you've got to jump on it or you could lose it. Because if you have an opportunity to sign Landis Cog and you don't, and he decides to go somewhere else, and then all of a sudden Kachuk stays or gets traded somewhere else, you lost on both. With Jeremy Rutherford and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. So let's go down that path for a second. And it's not a fun one, but for Blues fans, if this team were to strike out on both, if somehow some, Gabriel Landeskog decides to re-sign with Colorado before free agency, the Calgary Flames decide, you know what, we're not trading Matthew Kachuk this offseason. Doesn't make sense for us. We're not going to get uh, 100 cents on the dollar. We're not doing this. Then what? Then where do the Blues turn their sights? We'll talk about Coming up, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll get into some questions and answers coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Lots of blues talk with our blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford, next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. the air comfort service text line for questions and answers we've got our guy jeremy rutherford the best blues insider in the country in studio with us for the next 15 minutes or so coming up at the top of the hour jeremy offelt former giants pitcher will join us to talk about seeing some of the guys that he played with in the early 2010s getting a resurgence this year so we'll talk to jeremy offelt coming up in about 10 minutes or so but right now, let's get into some of your questions. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. JR, what do you think the future holds for Tyler Bozak here in St. Louis? Does he make sense to bring back on a below market value deal? Yeah, I think he's on the back burner right now. The Blues do like him, and I'm sure they'd have interest in bringing him back. Uh, the oldest player on the team last year, 35. But wow, I was really impressed with the way he played and think that he can still help this team but it just uh you know his situation they've got bigger fish to fry right now so it's probably going to take a, a little while longer but i could see him coming back on a deal whether it's one year or two year and uh you know i'd give the guy two and a half three million but he might come in less than that really i mean with a tight cap it's tough to give a fourth line guy third line guy you know three million uh but i i do think that uh you know even if he wants to come in at two two five somewhere in there i think this would be a good spot for him that'd be a great deal yeah. if you can get tyler bozak back on on something like that uh from the 314 jr do you think there's any interest in mike hoffman from the blue side of things i think he would make a lot of sense for this team if they decide to move on from vladimir tarasenko yeah even though it wasn't a great fit i still think he can help this team i think he would come in 
and both sides would have an understanding of potentially what the role is. I think from day one, he better be on that number one power play unit, right? From that spot of his where he scored all those goals down the stretch. But I think Mike, uh, you know, he wanted the contract last year. He didn't get it. He's going to want it this year. I think he's going to want some term four or five years and, uh, you know, some decent money. And the Blues probably are talking to him saying, look, just hang tight. You know, we would be interested and, and he's just going to have to gather his teams and try to, uh, to see what's best for him. But in the meantime, the blues have to pursue those other guys that we talked about. Six, five, seven, eight, Oh, is the air comfort service tax line from the three, one, four JR. We've heard all about Jamie Alexiak. I know that's, <laughs> that's our, our guy here on the show. Are there any other defensemen out there that you think the blues should or would have interest in? Well, one that popped up this week uh, unexpectedly, Ryan Suter from the Minnesota Wild. And I know I've touched on him in, in previous articles, but I have heard just some scuttlebutt that the Blues would be interested. Y- you have to be. He's a minute muncher. He's a guy with a ton of experience. He'd bring uh, leadership back to the to, to the blue line. And I think that he would play well with Colton Pareko. Could you imagine, imagine Suter and, and Pareko? But the only way it works is we have to see what happens this weekend. You know, is Vince Dunn taken from the Blues? Um, do the Blues entertain the idea of, of trading Marco Scandella? Is there a, a team out there that would be interested in Scandella? And then also, Suter, as we touched on with the other players, he's going to have plenty of options. Reports that uh, as many as 10 or 12 teams have already uh, probably reached out through the grapevine at Ryan Suter. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 618. JR, we've heard all about the teams that Vladimir Tarasenko is interested in. How many teams, from your understanding, have shown interest in Vladimir Tarasenko? Right now, I think it boils down to two or three, and some others are... Uh, investigating. I I think that the New York Rangers, even though they don't make a ton of sense, they got a lot of wingers. They've got some guys that they need to unload. Chris Kreider's got that long deal. Uh, They'd probably have to unload that. The Rangers are a team that I've heard. The New York Islanders, a team that's been on the cusp of getting into the Stanley Cup final each of the last two years. They could use a guy like Tarasenko. I think the uh, the interest is is mutual there. And then also Washington. Washington continues to persist as a a team that could be interested. Again, that uh, one-for-one swap with Kuznetsov being a possibility or that three-team trade possibility that we talked about earlier. I think another team that's kind of checking into the situation situation is the the Los Angeles Kings. Are they in on everybody? I feel like like I've seen the Kings connected to every single player that could be available this offseason. Yeah, and they've got a young up-and-coming team. I know they've got some uh, older guys, obviously guys that won the Cup with uh, Kopitar and Dowdy, uh, those guys, but uh, they've also uh, drafted well, drafted high, so you should draft well, Uh, but they've got some good, young, promising players coming up and kind of going through a little bit of a rebuild there. And, uh, and and they're checking into the idea of, of Tarasenko. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers from the 314. JR, I've read a lot about Jaden Schwartz and the possibility of him coming back to St. Louis. Do you think it might be good for the team and for Schwartz to make a clean break and go their separate ways this offseason? Well, it depends. It always depends on whether who's coming in, who's your replacement. You can say that Jaden Schwartz is streaky and, you know, the Blues and, and him might be better off parting ways, but is that is that with the result of Zach Sanford, your second line left winger next year? Who is that going to be? If it's a Kachuk, if it's a Landeskog, yeah, sure, maybe you, you make that move. But, you know, I know Doug Armstrong, you're always – careful about pushing a guy out the door if you don't know yet who you have to uh, replace him so look it is Jaden Schwartz a top line left winger who's guaranteed to score 25 he has done that in his career and I think you know if he plays well he's capable of 20 or 25 but we just haven't seen it 
on a regular basis. So to me, if you can get Jaden Schwartz at four, five, five, and maybe on a five-year deal, something like that, I think he's worth coming back. You just don't expect him to, you know, play on that top line. We've had, I think, no fewer than 37 texts about Taylor Hall. (laughs) What do you think about Taylor Hall's chances of... I think everything that I've read is that he's going to end up back in Boston. But what do you think of his chances of actually hitting the market? And do you think he would be a fit here in St. Louis? Gosh, you just wonder, you hit the rewind button and you go back to in time when the Blues had a chance to get Taylor Hall from Edmonton. I believe that it would have centered on uh, Kevin Shattenkirk agreeing to go to the Edmonton Mm -hmm. Oilers long term. He didn't want to do that. He wanted his kick at the can. And so uh, they couldn't make that deal. And now Taylor Hall has moved on a couple times. Uh, he's gone to uh, Buffalo. He's gone to, to Boston. He's gone to New Jersey. And he's a really good player. But uh, I'm with you. Everything I've read and heard, and I don't have any true insight on Taylor Hall, but it appears that all signs point to him going back to Boston. They've got plenty of cap space, and he loved it there. He played well. This is an interesting one. It's something that I know Jamie Rivers talked about yesterday on the fast lane, and we've talked about it a little bit as well. JR, what effects did the no movement clause with um alex petrangelo have on him moving forward and could that be an issue for the blues this offseason with some of their top targets yeah so twofold here i think the answer to the first question is this did the no movement clause that petrangelo didn't get in st louis lead to him not coming back it it played a role but what people have to understand is the stalemate in the negotiations and the way things kind of happen behind the scenes It got to a point where when a deal didn't get done leading up to free agency, it was just time to move on and it didn't work. And Doug Armstrong realized that. He went out and got Tory Krug. If we had Alex Petrangel in this room right now and said, is the reason you're not here because of a no movement clause? He would say, yeah, you know, not really. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. There were just so many things. It's so multifaceted. But to answer the second part of the question, I think at some point, who knows how long Doug Armstrong will be, the St. Louis general manager, who knows how long he'll he'll be in the league, probably a long time. Uh, at some point, he's going to have to give somebody a no movement. He, he, it, it's just the way the league goes. But I will say this. If you're Doug Armstrong, BK, and you're looking at all this news around the league, and we don't expect to have ex- expansion draft in two more years again, but look at all the news about... Oh, trying to get this guy to wave his no move, you know, so we can expose him to Seattle. Trying to get this guy to to wave it. There's a lot of problems around the league that Doug Armstrong doesn't have to deal with right now because he didn't issue these. That's true. Um, but it can also make you miss out on your captain or miss out on potentially Gabriel Landeskog. So it, it is a double-edged sword, but you're right. He, he doesn't have to worry about some... One thing that Doug Armstrong has done a great job is avoiding the contract that just completely ruins their cap sheet. Something like what's happening in Minnesota right now. He hasn't signed that deal where seven years in, you realize, oh my God, this is a disaster. There's no way out other than buying this guy out. And that's going to, we're going to pay those two players. I think it's like $8 million in 2024. Like that, that's 10% of your cap. That's a problem for you. If you're Minnesota, he hasn't had that, which is good. But I'm going to be fascinated to see as more and more of these teams continue giving out these no movement clauses where the Blues go on that. Yeah. Could he have given Alex Petrangelo one? Yes. Should he have given one to Alex Petrangelo? He probably could have. And perhaps he'd still be here. But let me throw this your way. If you have Landis Cog on the phone and he says, hey, Doug, I want to come there. I'm going to come at, uh, you know, six, seven years and I'm going to come at seven million dollars. I need the no move. You give it to him. You have to, right? This team is at a crossroads where they need that type of player because they've already got their championship window open, according to 
you know, their own, uh, you know, talk. And then you have a situation where these guys, Shen, Falk, Krug, they're only going to get older and get to the backside of those deals where they might look a little ugly. And and so I think if uh, Landeskog comes in and says, I need the no move, then he's the type of guy you'd have to give it to. You don't want 2021 to be a transition year. Can't be. That That's the thing is if, if you don't give it to a Gabriel Landeskog and Kachuk's unavailable this year, and now you have to go to your backup plans. Well, suddenly 2021 could look like a transition year until you can get that Kachuk deal done next offseason, potentially. And that means that Ryan O'Reilly's a year older. Braden Shin's a year older. Uh, think about what we were talking about with the Blues 18 months ago and how much can change in that amount of time. Well, that's what you'd be doing. You'd run the risk of 18 months from now. What does the team look like? You just don't know. You've got to take advantage of these years when you have them. Super pivotal season to me. And we can say that every year, and I get it. But here's the thing. If if the Blues are so-so this year, let's just say borderline playoff team, what does that mean? That means that some of those core guys didn't play well, the Shins, those types of guys. Well, guess what? Now we're going into the following year. The Blues are another year removed from being a contending team, right? And as you just mentioned, now the O'Reillys and the Shins and these guys are 30, 31, pushing 32, David Perron's 35. Now you're talking seriously about what do we do? So if there's a move out there to be had that's going to make this team a true contender, that's what Doug Armstrong has to do. Last thing for you, JR. Anything that we didn't talk about today <laughs> that you think needs to be said, whether it be in relation to the expansion draft, the protection list, Vladimir Tarasenko, other options that are out there that you think might be of interest to the Blues. Is there anything we did not? On today that you think we need to touch on before you get out of here you know what you got me with my own question here because every time i do an interview that's the question that i throw out to somebody and i'm kind of bummed out when they don't have anything <laughs> so now you have me in a situation where i'm bummed out at myself for not having too much no you and and the listeners did a great job of coming up with a, a ton of things that that's the biggest thing is look i can make as many calls as i want some of them get returned some of them don't i can try to give you the most informed uh, report speculation that I can but as I sit here we just don't know how things are going to turn out and so we get off the air something could happen this afternoon we'll do our best uh, to bring it to you but I can't remember a time in in which these things could just pivot so many different ways like we could be talking on Monday BK you know about Tarasenko being gone about a Kachuk trade getting close so many different ways this thing could go but i think we uh, analyzed it as best we could for now well jr we appreciate you hopping in man thanks so much for spending an hour with us i know you're unbelievably busy right now so thanks for giving us a little bit of time today all the best we'll be reading your work over at the athletic we'll be following you on twitter at jp rutherford for all the latest blues information busy i'm gonna be at lunch <laughs> yeah enjoy it man <laughs> that's jeremy rutherford again find his work over at the athletic huge thanks to him for hopping in studio with us for an hour with Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs and high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. 
It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed Plus Special Financing, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.